Murli is a medic and a graduate of the University of Cambridge, England. Currently involved in medical biotech entrepreneurship and interdisciplinary research, population genetics and historical sociology of Bharat. Uh, relevant to the inculcation of a scientific rigor and the outdated fields of humanities, especially in the Indian academic environment, and thus inspired skewed mainstream media discourse, putting science and social sciences. So I welcome only. Good morning, everybody. Uh, so just uh, now, I give you a little bit of overview of uh, Ambedkar's uh, sayings and things like that because it actually has a a lot of relevance for it because there's a lot of theories that go around talking about caste and things like that but nothing really exactly you know came close to I mean uh, um, I mean describing how caste would have actually formed I mean of course people did say like oh I mean formed because of you know occup from occupations blah 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 all these kind of things you know so so I took uh, the Ambedkar's framework actually as a model to see if actually that was really the case, given that now we have uh, population genetics data, and uh, I mean, which includes one of my own published papers, and also the archival data, which came became available, uh, say for example, after 1983-86 by Dharampal ji, and also people like uh, Dirks, Nicholas Dirks in Colombia, and a few other people who have published various data on caste and how it was sociologically. Uh, based on British collections of various archives um, and things like, like for example, McKinsey collections. Um, so, in his famous book, uh, Casts of Mind, for example. So, I mean, I thought I will actually start with also Ambedkar's quote regarding the Aryan Dravidian theory. And he actually wrote an entire monograph uh, book on this topic, analyzing predominantly the Rig Veda and, you know, then and kind of doing a very scientific analysis of it and also critiquing Risley's hypothesis in a very scientific way. And this is the conclusion that he came to, that the theory is a perversion of scientific investigation. This is regarding Aryan invasion theory. And the theory is preconceived and facts are selected to prove it. As you can see, before Ambedkar and after Ambedkar, things have, hasn't changed. It actually has got even worse. At least previously, they had a semblance of you know scientific empiricism, for example, even Risley tried to prove something, saying like I'm doing certain set of measurements systematically, and I'm trying to show there is difference. But that's all like you know gone out of the window, especially in the humanities. So that is one of the primary reasons. Also, people bring in Aryan Dravidian thing when they talk about caste. So you know, like I mean, it is nothing new to prove actually. I mean, people even before they had this kind of scientific data, people like. Uh, Ambedkar has actually come, I mean, in a very scientific way, rejected this hypothesis. So this is to show that, like, you know, the spread of, like, the genetic diversity within India is very geographical, and there is no evidence for any, like, Aryan invasion, things like that. There are various other studies, but because, regarding that particular specific topic and population genetics, but I am here concerned only about caste and its relevance to Aryan invasion theory, only as brief prelude to what I'm going to talk about. So hence, yes, 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 that'd be great. Thank you. Which, uh, this is the button. Okay, yeah. Okay, so you can see that the, the pattern of spread is like approximately uh, corresponding to the map, uh, the Indian map. So this, this is just a slide, I mean, a, a kind of a basic indicator, but it's not like necessarily confirmatory. But there are other things which actually show that, uh, you know, there are no like different 
races that actually came into the country and things like that. I didn't get you. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like, no, uh, these are like all different, you know, there's about 367 data points, that's it. So, and the spread of it looks approximately like the map of India. So, that is the idea. So, just get the overall view, that is fine. And if you look at the different groups, this is from Andaman and Nicobar, and this is the groups in India from, like, and there is a gradient which is just, you know, like the length of India, basically. Hardly there is any difference. It's the same sort of population. You have some geographical separation. Over hundreds and uh, thousands of years, you will get some divergence. That is what you actually get. There is no huge, for example, if you look at this group, this group was separated from the Indians for a long time ago. So you see a completely separate cluster out here, basically, kind of. So, so this just gives a pictorial representation from the genetic data. And also, Ambedkar, in spite of being very critical of Hinduism in certain sense, not completely actually, I mean, I'll come to that later on if I have time, uh, has actually said that it's incorrect in thought and malicious in intent to actually blame, blame Manu or the Brahmins, actually. So this was his lecture in 1916. So what is the hypothesis that actually Ambedkar gave and whether it is reflected in in, in genetic data is what we are going to see now primarily. So he called it the infection of imitation. What exactly was the imitation? Basically what Ambedkar said was that the, the Brahmins actually formed basically a club and then they closed the door, then they started doing, like, form, I mean, just having intermarriage within the group and not with the groups outside. So it was basically an intramarriage thing. So it was basically like a club. So then people started observing that because they also want to be at the upper echelons of the society, become elite, they're like, you know, like a, I mean, aspirational classes, they started imitating the Brahmins and that's how the caste should have formed. So that is basically the hypothesis. That's why it's called the, in, the infection of imitation, basically. So if Ambedkar's hypothesis was the case, what we would do is the genetic contribution of the present-day Brahmins, because now they, they are separated into caste by birth groups, basically endogamous groups. So this has happened over a few hundred years. We do not yet, haven't seen the data yet. So we will assume that it's just happened like, you know, for the last few hundred years. So there's some divergence in the genetic makeup of the different caste groups has happened. If that is the case, and the Brahmins have closed themselves up into a club, what we would see would, it would actually be that the, the genetic component from the Brahmins into the other communities would be the first to actually, I mean, close off. That is the mixing the, from the Brahmins to the non-Brahmins would be the first thing to actually stop. But, and so that should be the case if the hypothesis was right. Then the imitation, and also the Brahmins should be very similar to each other because they form a club and then they need to have a sufficient amount of population so they will be intermarrying amongst themselves so there should be no differences. And then they should have at least the, so the, then the, 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 the lower castes or the so-called the Shudras or the Dalits should be the most different from the Brahmins because, you know, they were the first people to have been excluded by the Brahmins and then by the rest of the community which forms this club imitating the Brahmins. And there will be a gradual decrease in, in this admixture because people first look at Brahmins and then they start imitating it. This, the spread of this fashion would take time, especially in a huge geography like India. 
So you would see a gradual decrease in the mixing of the genes because people are stopping to stopping intermarriage. So this is what we, are, we will be seeing, we should be seeing if this hypothesis was right. But if you look at the data, okay, these are numbers, but I will explain it because it's not at all clear even for me from here. What you see is actually there are like, you know, people previously said like there was like Aryans and the Dravidians, but if you look at in, in the, the data, there are like actually there are four different groups which are corresponding to the geography of India. So the diversity has all happened within India. So even that is fixed, so there is like no external groups coming, coming in. So when they have diverged, and the divergence has happened a long time ago, but they were still mixing. So you can see different components having contributions to all different caste groups. And in fact, the SC community in South India called the Pallar community is the closest to the Gujarati Brahmin, the Tamir Ayas, and the Marathas, and also supposedly, you know, like the, the lower caste are supposed to be having this ASA component. These are just nomenclatures. Doesn't mean actually it is South Indian or Dravidian or anything like that. This is just geographical location of predominantly of this set of genes. But all these groups are present in all these uh, different caste groups. So within that, you try to actually classify them having, you know, based on the proportion of these different four groups, you know, the, the caste groups. When you look at it, the, the SC community is the closest to actually you know, Gujarati Brahmin and Iyer and all these things. So there is actually no ge genetic difference at all. So, and also, if you look at it, but when the uh, in, inter, when intermarriage is stopped, the contribution from the the groups which are predominantly in the geographical south and which is considered to be predominant in the lower caste groups is the one which actually stops mixing first with the Brahmin groups. So it actually looks like it's the other way around. And also, you know, the Brahmins seems to have been excluded. Not, you know, for example, recently I was in Bangalore and I was traveling in this um, UP Marwadi's taxi and he was a tra taxi driver. For, he was settled in Tamil Nadu 250 years ago. Around like two generations ago, they moved to Bangalore. And he said like, you know, I just asked about, uh, you know, Jain Marwadis. Do you guys actually intermarry with Jain Marwadis? He said like, no, 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 they are like SCs. And I, th I was a bit shocked. He was, I thought he was going to say something inferior about them. But what he said was, they are like SCs that they don't actually come out and marry with us. They keep to themselves. So this is his definition was of what a scheduled caste community is. So this is actually really funny. So it looks like historically, actually, that seems to be the case. You know, you can learn so much from some just a taxi driver. So and also you will see if you look at the Manipuri Brahmins, they're just like local population there. And then also there is a small amount of difference. If you look at like, you know, the generation, these are these numbers of generations before present. You will see that in the in the central and the eastern part, the, 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 and there, there is like approximately like 10 to 20 generations difference. But and also, but most of the time, all the numbers, generations we were present, actually, uh, it, it kind of has a uniform stop. So it and it's, it's in a narrow band, which shows that it also started abruptly. So why would some change happen so abruptly? And it also looks like predominantly it's the the non-Brahmins who seem to have actually closed themselves off to the Brahmins. So the, this data, actually the one I published was uh, actually the data from another research which was published about in January 2016 or December two, uh, 2015, I think. 
Yeah, um, in the Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences of the USA, which was covered in the newspapers, and you would have heard that uh, caste started during, you know, the caste by birth, that is endogamy, started during Gupta era. And they hypothesized that if uh, the Gupta era, there was an edict passed by the staunch Hindu Brahminical kings, who then said, like, there should be no intermarriage, and then this intermarriage happened all across India. But if you look at the historical data, the Guptas never actually almost crossed, you know, like Maharashtra, Orissa, Andhra, Karnataka, uh, Tamil Nadu. But then, if you saw the data there, the, the Tamil Ayers and all the population groups from Pallas, who's the AC community in, in, in Tamil Nadu, it actually happens at the same time. So, so it's impossible for it to be during the Gupta era. And also, in the eastern part of India, even though these parts are actually under Gupta, it, the, the, the data shows it's like 20 generations after uh, the, the, the rest of India. So it actually hap uh, happens according to their hypothesis, or their analysis of the data, actually fitting of the data, happens in the Pala dynasty. So are they blaming the Buddhist for the caste system, and then the Buddhist actually following the Gupta edict? It just actually doesn't make sense. It, this is basically fitting the data to temporal historical data that we have. So if you do the reanalyze re the data by using the right generation time value, which is much more historically accurate because they use some arbitrary data, what you get is it's a perfect match with the spread of the Islamic uh, rule in India. Because if you, if you know history, you would know that when there was a Delhi Sultanate, there was a Madurai Sultanate here as well, which for about 25, 30 years. So that's something that has happened during the Islamic rule and the Islamic invasion. And that's what, I mean, temporarily, the data that we see, the generations before present, when intermarriage stopped and endogamy started, you, I mean, like, I mean, no other historic data, like, for example, Pala dynasty or the Gupta dynasty would actually not fit in temporarily with this data at all. So that the only explanation is something has happened during the Muslim rule. And it has happened abruptly. So what would happen abruptly in such a huge geography, you know, starting all the way from, you know, Gujarat to, like, uh, North Tamil Nadu, probably Madurai as well, because the data was taken from Ayers and Madras. So uh, the Ayer community in Madras and Pallar community in Tamil Nadu. So what would have happened, you know, that only, like, some kind of force should have started it? I mean, and I would come with some evidence for what that force could be, uh, based on basically Ambedkar's book, Thoughts on Pakistan, because he does a good review of the, the historical data in that book, actually. So, and also, other interesting thing is, in north of India, in Uttarakhand, the Brahmins, like as they were, as in South India, where the Ayers were, and you know, other Brahmin communities are closer to the Palla community, which is an SC community in, in Tamil Nadu, similar observations, genetically, has been made. Okay, this similar kind of data is observed in Uttarakhand as well, where the, Bra where the scheduled caste communities of Uttarakhand is closest to the Brahmin community genetically. And this is from Tatsan, Pakistan. If you, if, if you look at this, uh, he is, uh, Ambedkar is observing based on like historical um, texts that it will actually, uh, most people would actually not want to marry off their daughter to people who work for the government during the Mughal time and the, the, the Islamic rule because, you know, it was, I mean, for whatever reason it is. So most likely these people are actually, at least half the employees would have been learned Brahmins. 
So it's probably, you know, this is giving some kind of clue which fits in with the genetic data that actually people were starting to avoid Brahmins for some reason and that too quite abruptly. So there is a, probably a couple of reasons. There's both social reason and some kind of force. So this is just showing the data in the table format where you can see, you know, the, uh, the Palla community <coughs> and the Ayur community are like really closest to each other with other Brahmins as well. And this is the data from uh, the Uttarakhand where, you know, these markers cluster together, Brahmins and the scheduled caste community. So this is further evidence from Dharampal's work where he has actually come and recovered this from an archive which says that, I mean, and also a lot of people would have it as common knowledge in South India, that the Brahmins who were not very strict in following the Anishtanams were basically kind of moved out. I wouldn't call it depromotion or degraded. They were moved out to different professions by, by, by probably the entire community or the Brahmin community themselves. So these people be, became weavers, potters, fishermen, you know, <clears throat> all uh, sorts of people. And they, like, you know, the Valluvan community in South, in Tamil Nadu is known for <clears throat> being the, tra the, the, the hereditary community which did, you know, uh, astrology. And all Brahmin families would actually go to them to have the, uh, you know, the astrology, like, I mean, like, you know, I don't know what you do. Uh, horoscope uh, calculated. Yeah, horoscope calculated and things like that. So, you know, this is archival data from, I mean, the words of the British, actually, from the British archives, which Dharampalji took. So, you know, like, we are seeing, actually, a pattern forming with the genetic data, actually, which looks like the reason, probably because these two groups are very close is what, uh, probably because the Brahmins who were not able to like, maintain that strict lifestyle of Brahmins were moved out of being a Vaidika Brahmins into other professions. <coughs> And there is also, you know, these people during the Muslim rule probably were either forced to form endogamous groups or the, 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 the lower, the, 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 no, not the lower, lower is the present kind of hierarchy. The, the other communities actually probably started shunning the Brahmins. So the Brahmins were the discriminated ones very likely. So that's what the, and why, what would have happened in the Muslim era? Either it is forced because they wanted to do divide and rule, or it could have, because it's an abrupt thing, so nothing in this huge geography could have caused such a massive change without use of force or something like that. So, I mean, if anybody has a different hypothesis which is acceptable, I'm more than happy to accept it. But to me, it sounds like it's forced because there's, you know, uh, there's no other possibility. And if you look at the, the, the caste system in Islam, you have this kind of similarly four or five kind of uh, groups which are not actually like varnas, which are just so uh, translates to color or things, just mere difference. And shudras means su means good in Sanskrit, so there is nothing derogatory about it until the British actually misinterpreted it. Five minutes. But if you look at the the meanings of the words of the groups in the Islamic caste system, you find it like wretches, mean people lowest of all, worthless, base, and this kind of meaning for these Arabic words. So now it looks like actually this, and you know, this is from Thoughts on Pakistan by Ambedkar, where he actually um, says this was a copy of the Indian system. Actually, it seems to be the other way around. Uh, so yeah, and there are evidences for the Persians and Arabs being very racist from Rumi's uh, um, uh, poetry, which calls the Indians like black satin, blah blah blah, all kind of racist, really skin color based, nasty words. 
and the, the genetic evidence, as I sh uh, showed to you, actually contradicts uh, Ambedkar's hypothesis. This is not to criticize Am Ambedkar, because Ambedkar did an amazing job, uh, you, as you would have seen from the quotes initially I showed, but the he didn't have genetic data or the British archival data, so we can't blame him. So if he had this data, if he had had this data, imagine what he would have actually said. So I think, so I'll just, because genetics was my core topic for this talk, I'll just like actually quickly. So, and also Macaulay. Macaulay says actually, I mean, there is this thing which goes around in WhatsApp, which is not right, as uh, Elst has pointed out in one of his articles actually on his blog. But actually he has said actually equally nasty things which we all know about, you know, Sanskrit language being less valuable. But at the same time, he talks really highly of the Indian civilization being 10 times better than the Spanish civilization, blah, blah, blah. So he actually exhibits some kind of schizophrenic tendency. So this is a duplicity. So he was actually in awe of Indian civilization as he writes in the introductory paragraphs when he writes about Lord Clive, there was a monograph which he wrote in the 1840s, 1830s and 18, published in 1840. So this is just data from like the students in the Hindu schools before Macaulay introduced the English education system or the Macaulay camp introduced the English education system. So you can see it's all full of you know non-Brahmins and Sudra community in different parts and you see and, and you know, as it comes south, the Sudra proportions actually increase, increases. And in Tamil Nadu, they are the highest. So, you know, but where, where the problem of actually Aryan Dravidian theory and all these atrocity things are, uh, in a pol politics is highest is actually the opposite. There was hardly any discrimination. This is the schooling system, Hindu schooling system before the English education came in. So people would know about this. This is just the pictorial representation of Dharampal's the data which Dharampal collected from the British archives. And this is the landowning. So this is the number of girls versus uh, in, in uh, 1822 and 1884 in Malabar when the population at the same time has doubled amongst Muslims. So every community by the British have been like really affected and made re regressive. So this is kind of axillary evidence which shows that caste discrimination, untouchability, like, you know, women's oppression Muslim community also came after the British. So this is, yeah, the oh, same thing that I just like mentioned. Yeah. And Marx had very co racist comments to make, actually. And the Marxists are still very racist, of course. So, and this, you know, conversion to Islam or Christianity will denationalize the depressed classes. These, were, these are the words of Dr. Ambedkar. And as you can see, communism, you know, Islam and Christianity, what damage they have done in terms of creating caste and then make, I mean, creating casteism and untouchability. I mean, I think, I mean, I, didn't, I, I don't have to justify it any further beyond the genetic data. To help me, you can do two things. You can go to the subscribe button on my YouTube and subscribe. We need more subscribers there. Uh, secondly, I get lots of emails on people saying, how do we donate? How can we help you? Uh, you go to rajimalhotra.com or you go to infinityfoundation.com and you can hit the donate button. You can donate in dollars. There are different ways mentioned. If you want to donate in rupees, there is a column called uh, Infinity Foundation India and you click that and there are instructions on how you can donate in India.